This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in to Inside Carolina's Noon Dish. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Don Callahan, I'm Tommy Ashley. It is the noon dish. Don, can you hear me good? I can hear you well. And can the people in the chat hear me good? Because I'm still trying to figure out my new toys. Yeah, I I can hear you perfectly fine. Do we have any? Let's see. Okay, I figured it out. Can you All hear right. me now? I, it sounds exactly the same. Okay, I figured it out. I had myself in my ear and all. Sorry about that, folks. Sean Crowley, first in the chat, first in our hearts. Check out, uh, he is always in here, Don. We, we need to do something for these regulars. I, I know what we need to do. You need to come to the bowls lot and hang Me. out. Yes, and hang out with us before well, we, a game. We talked about this. My, my peak time of what I'm doing, what I'm doing is when you're in the bowls lot. The only thing, all right, so what time, what time will you get there on Saturday? Game at 3.30, right? Games at three thirty. I'll be there by ten thirty. Ten thirty. Show starts at two thirty. No, excuse me. Show starts at twelve thirty. Inside Carolina Live with Joey Powell and myself start at twelve thirty. <sighs> I'll be out there at least ten ten thirty. I'm trying to think if I could stop by. Maybe noonish. 1230 is probably pushing it from for what I need to do. Where where are you guys at? What lot? Bowles lot down at, down by the Smith Center. Same place we've always been. Yeah, I've never been. So You uh, have to back in the how, day. Right, so how far do you think that is walk-wise from um well walk-wise from Keenan? Just straight up the hill. Well, how yeah, straight up the hill. How, go past how, Craig, go past Morrison, Keenan Stadium. Okay, see that I park in Craig deck. Okay, so you come out of Craig Deck. Right, so how far are you from Craig Deck? Which, like, wh- like literally yards. Bowls lot is just right. If you come out of the Craig Deck on the side where Craig Dorm is, like if you, uh-huh. I assume you turn into Craig Deck over there on the side. Yeah, yeah. Turn on Paul Harden. Yes. Turn right into Craig Deck. All right, you come out there. Uh-huh. You would turn left to go up the hill to the stadium. But turn right instead. Just turn right. And literally... Walk past Rams Village, walk down the steps, and you're in the Bowls lot. And you can't miss you, – you would have a prime view of the Inside Carolina tent right there. It All right. Be, so I might – you said you are going to be there at 1030, right? I'm being there at 1030. All right. My, so I, I I probably will not be able to stay long enough for the actual show. 
That's all right. Oh. You can uh, pass it, get out some autographs and take pictures and kiss, <laughs> kiss babies. <laughs> uh, maybe we could work on something I can come by. So do you draw a crowd before the actual – paint the picture for me. What, what's So I imagine you get there, you guys set up, which we takes time. set up. John helps set up. Um, producer John? Producer John helps set up. AJ and CHL usually there a couple – couple hours ahead of showtime so probably 10 30 ish 11 set the tent up they set all their audio equipment up now that we're live streaming it as well i'll set up the computer do all that and then we just sort of hang out tailgate a little bit enjoy refreshments and food and then showtime rolls around there's people we have a ton of regulars that are mm -hmm. out there all the time um, we have our tailgate crew that's always out there and then we have people come up especially when we got these little uh, and i don't have one with me um, because we give them all away, little foam Nerf inside Carolina footballs. I saw those at the office. Yeah, people love. Take one. People love those. Well, um, here's what we'll do: we can have you autograph them and throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that. So, what might be a more realistic thing is like the Campbell game. I could probably be there at least for maybe the early earlier portion of the of the show. Maybe works for me. Look, you know I want my fellow noon dishes. That won't there. that won't be a big recruit. Not a, really, to be honest, the way it looks like Miami is going to be big recruiting wise as far as like the recruits is going to attract, and a lot of these other ones will get a couple guys here or there. But Campbell, I imagine late season, it's probably going to be just like a. They're just going to have a bunch. Of, they're just going to basically open it up to whoever wants to come. There won't be a whole lot of major recruits coming, so we'll right. see. Well, I mean, any any uh, any opportunity you have to bless us with your presence, <laughs> please come on down there. It is a it's a fun time, and we had a blast last week in the lot. We were under the overhang, and we streamed it. Almost seven thousand people watched I see live last week. Really? Um, isn't that crazy? That is um, crazy. And uh. You know, a lot of people come, walk up. We usually have a giveaway. Just it's a fun time in Bozlot. So shout out to the folks that help put that on, and shout out to the folks that come visit us. And uh, it, it's always a fun time. Now, let's oh, let's can we get the MVP before do, we forget. Yep, do the MVP, and then uh, your suggestion for top five, and we'll see if it sticks. All right. So MVP. So this show is dedicated to, and if you were here two weeks ago, because we took a week off. And probably going to do that during the season, right? Every other week. Yeah. Uh, so if uh, you you know Anthony Wade came in, is Anthony in here? I, I haven't seen him. He is a middle school teacher, and for whatever reason, the schedule worked out really well for him to be at the show live two weeks ago, right before he had to deal with some monsters, um, <laughs> aka <laughs> middle school kids. So shout out to anthony wade for coming in um it looks like he's not in here so i hate that he's not in here today but i'm sure he'll listen to this later so you are the mvp this podcast is dedicated to you my top five ideas so we're open if, if this doesn't stick we're open to other ones if you have other ones i just figured top five unc players after two games whoever you feel like has looked good i have a couple of it immediately pop into my mind and kind of roll with that so top five carolina performers yes two games in yes 
and, and I'll add a bonus pick. Who needs to show out against Minnesota for North Carolina to have okay. success? That works. So um, Eric in the chat says top five linebackers at North Carolina. Whew, that's a that's a strong list over the years if you go way back. Um, but we'll stick with top five. We'll keep it easy for folks. Top five uh, performers in the first two games. Should be an easy list. We'll see. We'll see if anybody goes off the beaten path a little bit. Donna, you know, what's lost in all the news of yesterday, and I was doing On the Beat Live last night at 9 o'clock, North Carolina got a commitment. Yes. And uh, you didn't give me a heads up, and I was a bit so, disappointed that I did not know already. Yeah, so I knew North Carolina was in a really, really, really good spot, uh, but – it wasn't a situation where he had committed over the weekend. He literally committed last night and announced it probably about an hour later. So I was, when I received the tip, I was driving home from my daughter's basketball workout and had to blow a couple of red lights so that I wouldn't miss anything. If you know a lawyer, so get me out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those days are over, my friend. And uh, yeah, so there, there was not going to be a time for us to, well, here's the other thing is a lot of these things, you know, we don't, we don't know exactly. Like I was told it, it was probably going to happen last night, but he might not actually announce it until today. So, I'm rushing to kind of get everything prepared. Fortunately, we had run a story on him on Monday. So hopefully you're an Inside Carolina premium subscriber because if you are, we basically laid out the situation in a story with Camden. And I noticed that you didn't say his name. Loudon Slager. <laughs> I knew this was going to be, this is going to be the theme of the uh, best Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thing. How do you um, how do you pronounce it the correct way? I believe I have not asked him, and I should have. Um, I believe is um, Laudenslager. I believe Laudenslager. Laudenslager. I mean, why do I have to say it with a with a Eastern European accent? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that's how we go, you know. But great name, by the way. I, I want yeah. to see that name on the back of a jersey. It'll be one of those ones that is kind of curved around. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so we ran a story on Monday where he basically said North Carolina, Wisconsin, and Pitt were his final three. And then in the weekly scoop on Tuesday, we kind of brought it up again that, hey, North Carolina's in a really good spot with him. And then, you know, later that day, he ended up committing. What What's he bring to the table? I mean, I see a 6'3", 215 guy. He's 25, so he's a junior in high school. Got plenty of room to grow. Uh, the the famed edge rusher title on his uh, position from Owings Mill, Owen Mills, Maryland. Don, when North Carolina fans see this commitment, and it's for twenty five, so again, not this coming season, but the next, what can they expect? What they what does this look like for uh, simple North Carolina followers like myself? So I think. And, and I always hate throwing out comparisons because I think when you throw them out, especially because typically when you throw out comparisons, you're leaning on really good players to try to, to try to, to draw a picture for someone. And then people think, oh, they're going to be as good or they're as good as it. And, and so when I throw this comparison out, please do not think that he's as good as this player because that's an unfair expectation to throw on him because I don't, you know, 
I think a great comparison, again, in the mold of a Cayman Rucker. And what I mean by that is a guy who, I mean, he's 6'3", that's probably being... Like, he's got Rucker by four inches. Well, I don't know if he's 6'3". Or... I think he's probably about, having seen him in person, he's probably closer to 6'1". But, you know, as with, as with Rucker, makes up for that with a great motor. And you watch him on film, and it's just, as soon as the ball snap, he goes... And he just continues to go even after there's, I think one of the, one of the first plays on his highlight where he kind of, you know, runs the arc and the quarterback steps up and someone else kind of almost gets the quarterback and he's way away from the play, but he just continues to go, continues to go, continues to go and eventually hits the quarterback who has already escaped all these other rushers um, from the back after you know, seven, eight, nine seconds had gone by, which speaks to the fact that he didn't give up. So many other guys, when you're watching high school football, they'll, they'll, you know, do the pass rush. They'll get way behind the quarterback and just kind of stop and just stand there. He just continues to go. So he has a plus motor, which is huge. But the other thing too, I think that's really nice is when he's running that arc. And what I mean by that, for those who don't understand the concept is, I mean, I think everyone knows, you know, the pocket, how the pocket is formed for the quarterback with the tackles kind of stepping in their pass pro out to kind of form that pocket. The edge rushers kind of run along that that arc that the, the tackle is creating. And guys who can run that without with, with maintaining their speed, particularly with their ability, you know, their flexibility, you know, and you kind of see him um, do that because, you know, he has a great bend as he's, running that arc, which helps him maintain his speed and then also makes it difficult for the offensive tackle to get his hands on him. Um, and so he's great flexibility along with that, that plus uh, motor, which I think is the main asset. Obviously, there's things that he's going to have to add, such as counter pass rush moves. There's, you know, at least on the film that I've watched, not a whole lot of actual pass rush moves that will come with training. He also doesn't play against the greatest competition, which I know is going to be one of your questions. Yep. Um, so my questions already. There's, <laughs> there's always that adjustment that he's going to need to be made. And the only reason I bring that up because that, that, that was like a topic of conversation last night when he commit, when he committed on the message board. So there is going to be that adjustment that's going to need to be made. But uh, he definitely kind of fits that mold of what North Carolina wants in that jack position. And as we have seen, that jack position does not need to be 6'5", 6'6", like like your traditional you know, defensive end, edge rusher sort of types. They can be the shorter, squattier, compact, but powerful and um, high motor sort of guys that really have been the ones who have done the best in this system under, you know, under uh, Gene Chizik. Yeah, and I shortchanged Ruck. I mean, he's six one, six six one and a half ish, um, two sixty five. He he just plays so low pad level, and able to get under people. He looks shorter than he actually is. Uh, Laudenschlager commits becomes the second North Carolina twenty twenty five commit, joining Bryce Baker. Don, I'm on still a a question. Or sort of a, a top five out of the chat on the message board. Cub three says top five positions of need for UNC in the top 
in excuse me in the 2025 class i'm gonna put you in position and put you on the on the uh, clock here i know it's two years out but when you look at positions of need obviously quarterback you're gonna get a quarterback you're just gonna get one running back possibly two depending on depth chart what else do you think are going to be key positions for that 2025 class? Um, you've got an edge rusher. Every team needs multiple ones of those. You've got a quarterback. What else is North Carolina looking at in 25? Yeah, so it's so hard because there's so much attrition that's going to happen in addition to what we're talking about. But, um, you know, a good starting spot always is to see what what positions are losing a lot of seniors because they are – Outside of here's again another caveat, but outside of receiving like a medical um, hardship or I'm sorry, medical red shirt sort of thing, so they get an extra year. Outside of that, if they're graduating following the 2024 season, then you know for sure they're going to be gone in time, gone before the 2025 class enrolls. So that's usually a good good number to kind of start at. And when you're kind of looking. You know, D-line and DB are the positions that will be hit the hardest by graduation following that season. You know, I'm just looking at this, and I got five D-linemen. None of them are are true edge rushers, interior guys. And then DB looks like a lot of mostly safety sort of players. So just purely on the spot because, you know, Tommy doesn't want me to prepare and give the best possible answer. Uh, so, no, 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 no. Winging it is always best because then we get the truthful, no spin uh, answers. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. So, <laughs> and we've been the past couple of weekly scoops kind of breaking this down position by position to kind of get people ready for the 2025 class. But I've only gotten to the running back class, which we uh, ran um, this this week. Last week it was the quarterback position, and we'll continue with the other positions to kind of truly break it down. But, yeah, I mean, I think just looking at this, winging it, interior defensive linemen, safety, are probably the top two positions of need to kind of start off with. Yeah, and I sort of set you up to tease what you've been doing with the weekly scoop. Folks are always clamoring for Don's weekly scoop, but like he said, it's running back outlook this week, quarterback outlook. What positions next week? Tease it, tease it, tease it. We're going to do wide receiver. Wide Wide receiver. receiver. Yeah, which is always a fun position because Lonnie Galloway, I I think, is North Carolina's best recruiter. So he gets involved with a lot of guys who people already know, you know. Um, And, you know, you look at this past class, some of the best commits that North Carolina has secured are wide receivers. You know, Alex Taylor is probably the, the biggest. I guess snag of the 25 class was wide receiver. So the the this upcoming wide receiver class is going to be interesting because I don't think there's any there's no outside of like I mean there's a couple of in-state guys like Peterkin and Jordan Young who's more of an athlete but is being pursued as a wide receiver by North Carolina. Uh Fonzie Smith is another one is in-state guy, but there's no like Alex Taylor uh it's, it's not as big of a group I should say big of an inside in-state group as it was in the 24 class, as it will be as, yeah, not as big of a group in the 25 class as it was in the 24 class. Does that right. make sense? Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's something that we've talked about in the past, and a lot of people, 
what does the state of North Carolina look like in the 25 class overall? Because was it 21, 22, where it was loaded? Mm-hmm. Or 21, was, 21 was the loaded class. Was 21 the, loaded. But a lot of those guys were COVID evaluations, too. I'd be interested in going back in a couple of years and seeing how that class totally panned out across the country and in the state of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But, but North Carolina comparatively in the 25 class compared to past years, talent level overall not just position specific but overall yeah i think the 25 class and and we actually did a 25 um kind of like preview a, a couple of weekly scoops ago and um and i mentioned it in there that it looked promising that the 25 class was going to kind of continue that rebound because it feels like since that the historic 2021 class that the state of North Carolina has had, the state has been kind of paying for that ever since. And some of it, yes, is COVID related because, you know, the state of North Carolina was one of the states that waited until the spring to hold sports, whereas other, other states, surrounding states, played during the fall, including South Carolina and, and Georgia, I believe. But um, yeah, so there's been like the steady climb since then. And I think the 2025 class will continue that. A lot of the, the the issue with kind of just having a grasp of what the 25 class has to offer is there's so many names that we don't that are kind of still in the bubble, or there's so many prospects that just haven't emerged just yet. There's going to be additional names that will emerge by the end of the season. So you're kind of projecting, okay, on a typical year, this many players emerge later on and if that kind of holds true then i think the 25 class will kind of continue that upward climb so how much does this season and success on the field affect 25 i know 24 none or very very little but 25 how much do kids care about that they they care like you said i mean they click they care this will impact them more than it will impact the 24 class because these are the one these are the guys that are visiting north carolina with somewhat open minds at this point, you know, is the 25 class and even the 26 class as strange as it is to say, but uh, that's the class that, you know, we're not, I mean, we're, we're tracking everyone where they're visiting, but really when you look at, and this is another element of the weekly scoop, we have a section every week, notable visits elsewhere. And I lay out where all of the, all of North Carolina's offered 25 recruits visit that weekend because that's important to kind of see to get a gauge that's our best i guess piece or our data point for us when we're trying to figure out just where recruits their minds are at is where they spend their saturdays in the fall and how frequently are they visiting certain schools and who exactly are they visiting and that sort of thing it's not a be-all end-all by any means because there's a lot of variables involved but Again, it's our best data point. So, so where they're going is key as far as how North Carolina does. You know, a lot of these it, it helps. We, we talked about perception or prestige. You know, when we first kind of started this podcast, and you know, heading into the season, we talked about it. it's it's North Carolina doesn't have that sparkle it had a couple of years ago, but you know, if if UNC has a great great season and plays well. Uh, and obviously wins, but wins well, um, if if I could phrase it that way. That's <laughs> going to help with the perception. Yeah, looks good doing it. Looks good doing it, yes. 
Yes. Yep. And North Carolina, of course, has one against Minnesota this weekend on yeah. national television. And then the Pitt game. Is that on national television? Well, it's ESPN, right? So that's, I don't know. I was, I was I just I was curious. It's the it's ESPN, and and we can get ESPN now. Um, I'll have to hold off joining YouTube TV after all. But uh, oh, so what do you have right now? I've still got Spectrum, but I've also okay. got YouTube TV as well. And I prefer YouTube TV, but I like MLB Network, and YouTube TV doesn't have MLB uh, Network. Yes. So I and, made the. I was a sling person when it first started, and I was up until, the um up until really a month ago. And so I looked into Hulu TV, looked into YouTube TV, and I actually thought I was going to go with FUBU, which is like especially specifically for sports. But um, you, um, I, I just I went with Hulu mostly because you get also ESPN Plus free, which I was already paying for. And, and I get basically the same channels, YouTube TV you get. What do you, how do you get your internet? I, I have... Um, uh, Ting, which is uh, the the Giga, whatever, for the local. Yeah, uh, it's it's not it's not local, but it's like they only pick certain towns to have it, and so we were lucky ones to have it. I held off for a while because I, the Giga um, internet speed is actually a farce because you don't get it because your Wi-Fi can't um, support it. Handle it, yeah. But um, I do have this specific computer is actually wired directly to it, so I do get that speed here. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. Yeah, no, no, that's that sounds like a future top five. No, I have Spectrum <laughs> Internet because it's all we have here, and that's what stinks uh, is. I would love to be able to get Google Fiber or AT and T or Ting or whatever. It can't do it; it's not available here um, for whatever reason. So anyway. I digress. Preston from Greensboro says top four channels you watch or top five channels. That MLB Network some... is way up the channels. For yeah, me. so I don't get MLB Network and I don't get NHL Network, which I did not like. But I, you know, it, I got I I laid out all, for for those because I know it's asked a bunch on the on the message board about the cord cutting. I think that the most important, and I've been doing it for years for a very long time. The best thing to do is to list out the channels that you definitely want and you watch, put them in a spreadsheet, throw down, and there's actually websites that will do this for you. You list out YouTube TV, Hulu, all the other, all the channels, Sling. I think Sling is underrated. I like Sling. The only issue I had with Sling, because I got all the channels I wanted with Sling, um, but this, you can only get one ESPN stream at a time which when you have the man tower, I need multiple ESPN yeah. streams. So that, that didn't work for me. That's why I had to leave sling, but, uh, and you don't get local television, but that's not a problem for me. Cause I have everything. I, I love using the antenna for local television, yeah. but anyway, list out what you watch, check to see what each chat, each um, service offers and just make decision based off of that. Look at the prices too. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, Certain certain businesses have some of us over a barrel, and we can do nothing about it. So anyway, yeah. it is what it is. Don, anything left before I take a break, and then we come back and don't have a ton to talk about, but I do want to get your take on a couple things um, specifically. But anything left on the recruiting trail, any commitments that you're aware of um, that you could sort of hint to, not naming names, but possibly for North Carolina people to be paying attention to? So this is what I'll say. In the weekly scoop, 
we mentioned a couple of names of players or recruits that North Carolina was in a really good spot with. We'll have updates on some of those guys in the coming weeks. Or I'm sorry, in, in the yeah, coming week-ish. Um, so to check that out. So we'll have that information. But there are definitely certain recruits North Carolina is, is in a really good sh- spot with. Now, committing this early is not the norm. So I don't I don't anticipate anyone else committing for a couple months. But heck, I mean, I didn't anticipate Laudenslager committing <laughs> um, Great name. Uh, today or yesterday either. So what about uh, 2024 guys, late bloomers, as we've called them? Uh, has anybody, and I'm not saying specifically North Carolina, caught North Carolina's eye, but anybody sort of stood out to you locally maybe? You know, what are they, three games in the high school season, four games into the high school season that has sort of opened your eyes and maybe and maybe North Carolina is glancing at, we'll say. Yeah, just to kind of give you, I guess, a glimpse behind the curtain a little bit. I had, I was talking to a high school coach, and he was telling me about quarterback he had who was having a great season but um wasn't getting any pub and i said oh what year is he and he said oh he's 2024 i was like like, all right give me his name because i do have some d2 coaches and um fcs coaches who will reach out to me looking for specific positions and so i wrote his name down so i'm trying to basically say i'm not focused on any 24 guys unless they unless potentially they're d linemen but it's looking, I mean, North Carolina could potentially add a D lineman, for, you know, from the 24 class, but it's, it's probably more likely that they'll save it for the transfer portal. To be honest, it's just the way, the way the recruiting calendar has sped up You're, you know, it, if you're a 24, I mean, you probably aren't, and you don't have any power five offers. You're probably not going to get any. You know, there are exceptions, but it's it's just it's just calendar just so fast. Um, Sean mentioned Philadelphia Spectrum Cable. I'm curious what that was in reference to. I was trying to look up in the chat what he was talking about there. <laughs> but I did grow up with with um, that cable in Philadelphia. Where is Sean from? Any any idea? He can tell you. He can Sean, where are you from? Shout out to where everybody's from in the chat while I do the Johnny T-shirt read take care of them they take care of us what do i always say johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com is the place to get your carolina gear you get 10 percent off your everyday order if you're an inside carolina premium subscriber you also get great customer service whether you're online um i know what you won't do at johnny t-shirt you won't make a huge order to some big conglomerate that sells stuff and it be late and they tell you you can get a refund because it's not there yet. So you reorder it because you have to have it. And then they both come. And then you don't get a refund, so you have everything twice. Johnny T-shirt's not going to do that to you. They, they've got great customer service, and they take care of you, get you what you need timely, and get you only what you need and only what you want and only what you pay for at johnnytshirt.com. Check them out on Franklin Street or check them out online. Take care of them. National Guys Pay the Bills. It's the Noon Dish with Don Callahan.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Don, we're 30 minutes in, 31 minutes in. I want to ask you a question that uh, somebody brought up in the chat. And shout out to K.M. Shires, who came up and introduced himself at the Charlotte tailgate at Frothy Beard Brewery. Um, your neighbor over there, your local guy, got a big offer. Um, I was surprised at how quick his mother made it known that he was Carolina only your thoughts on that and, and how do offers from these big schools affect guys whether it's a north carolina commit or another school commit when georgia comes in alabama comes in uh, i mean that's a pretty big deal and it's an honor i would think to get a an offer from them whether or not you want it or intend to go or not yeah it, it brings validation i think for sure you know no matter what you could say if Alabama offers or Georgia offers, even if, you know, we've talked about the whole uncommittable offer thing, you know, it still brings validation. So uh, we did, we also covered that in the weekly scoop, actually spoke directly to Malcolm, um, and, you know, and he kind of, you know, gave me his side of things. I think you, <sighs> You never want to just completely dismiss Georgia because of the resources and the cachet that Georgia carries. But, um, you know, the the emotional connections he has in North Carolina are, are very difficult, are difficult to match. And I think he comes from a family that really, really values education first. I mean, he's, I, you're just talking to him and his family. I feel like they're he's going to college for an education and to also play football. Whereas a lot of kids where I'm sure they realize that Georgia kids are going there to play football. You know what I mean? And so I think that not, not to disparage Georgia as a school, their education, that sort of thing. But um, I think that means a lot. And I think the location matters a lot also, you know, uh, so I think those things are going towards North Carolina's way. The fact that his mom felt the need to say something or maybe not felt the need, the fact that she said something, I think kind of speaks to North Carolina's position and how difficult it might be to pry him away from North Carolina. And, you know, there's always, they always talk about the decision maker in a family. You know, if you, if you've, read any sort of recruiting recruiting literature or or coaches talking about recruiting and all that they talk about find the decision maker i feel like from the little i know that 
you know, that Mama Ziegler is the decision maker. So if she's coming out and saying that, that that speaks volumes to what the situation is. So, but you know, a lot of it, I think you got to watch what he does. You know, he, you know, you know, does he end up visiting? You know, that sort of thing. Um, I'd visit. It, I would visit. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Name name somebody in this chat or somebody that wouldn't get take a free visit to a Georgia football game. Well, free visit would be the official visit. So I don't know. That's the other thing. Like, how much how much does Georgia truly want him? So obviously yeah. they threw the offer out. But 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 these schools they throw offers out like crazy. Yeah, I was going to ask you this late in the game for a twenty twenty four guy. Are they are these schools making quote unquote uncommittable offers? I would have to do they they could. I would have to do some digging. So from my understanding, the little digging that I have done is that Georgia definitely wants to draw him to campus for a visit. Mm-hmm. And I was told that that unsure if it's if they will throw an official visit at him, which is pretty significant. We've talked about this before. You know, you offers there's no limit. There's no regulation whatsoever on verbal offers at all. So you can throw out a thousand and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. No one's going to do anything to you, but you only, each school only receives 56 official visits. That is, that includes not just high school kids, but also transfer portal targets. That number, you get pretty high up there on that number pretty quickly. So, um, so that's kind of where the gold is right there. So if they're going to bring him in on an official visit and he does that, that then you kind of see, okay, Georgia really wants this kid because they're willing to, to you know, basically sh- shoot that bullet mm-hmm. sort of thing. And they only get 56 of them. Yeah. I, I would think if, if you give me an official visit somewhere, you want me. Yeah. Period. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, Absolutely. people are talking about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley didn't come to Carolina for there was there was some other things going on there. Um, Gurley should have been at Carolina, but that's that's water under the bridge at this point, uh, folks. Don't start talking about well, Gurley. That was but, also the coaching change. Yeah, exactly. And he was very very close with Kenny Browning, who wasn't being retained. You know, and, and that's it. That, how important? Let me ask you this before we and these rabbit holes. I know I'm getting into, but how important is it relationships with the assistant coach for these guys? So I'm going to give you the case-by-case basis because mm-hmm. it is. And it's a case-by-case not just from the recruit but the recruiter. There are those ace recruiters, those Lonnie Galloways, those Kenny Brownings, those, um, those sort of recruiters. They are really good with establishing relationships with the recruit and their family and all of that. So it makes it difficult to basically, I mean, you, you, you develop a bond with this guy. Now, everybody, every recruit who commits to every school is going to say, okay, this recruiter, I have this unbelievable bond with, but really there's only certain ones where it's, it's, it's a super strong bond. And it's typically the same sort of same group of guys, you know, those guys who have great reputations as recruiters because they're just, they're good at what they do. Um, So so yes, I mean it definitely matters how much. There's so many other factors you got to weigh in. You know, clearly with Gurley, I think with Gurley, and this is a long time ago. It it what it did was it opened the door for him to explore other other options, and then once he explored those other options, he was like, "Whoa, 
And it also helped the fact that he was really close with Keith Marshall, who had been committed to Georgia for a while. And, you know, so it just kind of helped that whole situation. And and it worked out for him. I mean, he had a great college career, great NFL career. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that guy back there, though, that was Tarboro. Mm-hmm. And you would think that Gurley was a lot to follow that. But to your point, it, it matters. And I like how you phrased it. It gave him the opportunity and the reason to look around. And uh, so it's an interesting take. I, I mean, when the big guys come calling late in the game, it takes um, some strength and some dedication and some commitment not to, to follow up on those. So I don't think it's fair to say Gurley dis- disappeared in the pros. I, yeah, mean, I don't either. Cause, yeah, I, mean, I think he, he had a great – he's an NFL – He's I'm sorry, he's a running back. So those guys, you know, their mileage matters more than any other position. Although I do have another question for Sean. Uh, Sean mentioned he's from PA. I'd love to know specifically where. You don't have to give me exact what town. But y'all can, to why don't, do, do y'all need to get together off air or something? We, we might not. We might. We might. Keith Marshall was played at Millbrook, by the way, um, he which is in Raleigh. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I mean, if he wants to give out his exact address and credit card number and all that stuff, we'll be glad to take it um, and, and send you some parting gifts. Now, shout out to Sean and everybody that joins. You guys are awesome. Um, if you are, in fact, still in Pennsylvania, you get down here to a game, come see us and check out Inside Carolina Live. Don, anything left on the recruiting aspect of it? I know we've talked about how it's a slow time, uh, guys making names for themselves in the 2025 class guys in the 24 class trying to one last ditch effort to get the big time offer or the offer from the D one schools, anything of note that folks need to be paying attention to. Yeah. So just what I kind of touched on earlier is North Carolina has a lot of home games this year. And so they're going to have another one this weekend and paying attention to who's coming on Saturdays is, is pretty big. It's not, don't, do not expect a bunch of commitments to come out of these visits like we saw this week. That's the exception, not the norm. Uh, but it it kind of, it, like I mentioned earlier, it kind of helps paint a little bit of a picture. Who's coming on Saturday matters. Who's going to come when they're playing Syracuse matters. You know, we're, I'm expecting a big group um, and some notable targets for the Miami game. So who shows up, that matters. So we um, we try to put together a visit list every week, and then we also try to confirm who actually made it to campus with a photo gallery each Saturday that we post usually around halftime. Check those things out, and then we, we try to get up with all of the main visitors from that Saturday each week. So um, check those items out in the weeks to come. Yep, indeed. More all the more reason to be at Inside Carolina premium message board member. You get all the Don stuff, all of what he's talking about, and all the good stuffs when it comes to football recruiting. And then on the basketball side, everybody knows Sean, Sherelle, coast-to-coast crowd, keeping it locked down on recruiting aspect as well. Don, somebody in the chat wanted me to get your take on uh, Mac and the NCAA. Do you follow it enough or, or do you pay attention I have. enough? What do you think? So (laughs) here's my my thing is this. The NCAA, they are traffic cops. When you get pulled over, when I get pulled over on Interstate 40, right before I call Tommy, (laughs) 
the cop who writes me the ticket for going the speed limit did not set the speed limit. Someone, someone in the government set that speed limit and made that decision. The cop is just enforcing the law. And then when I go before the magistrate, he's just enforcing the law and making the judgments off of that. Getting mad at the NCAA, I don't think helps us. And, and, you know, because they're just doing what they're paid to do, enforce these rules. The people we should be mad at is that division one council who are made up of athletic directors, including Pitt's athletic director. I went and looked just out of curiosity to see, but they're just a, they're a bunch of people. They're, they are basically Bubba Cunningham's peers who made this decision. That's who we should be mad at. Also, you know, and the NCAA, I was actually surprised with the NCAA. Like Matt, I was a little surprised by Max, how sharp he was against the NCAA. I mean, he's very, he's usually not so sharp. He usually has a more, um, I don't know, I guess nicer um, way of kind of getting his point across. So I was, I was surprised by that. Then I was really surprised by the NCAA with what they came out with. Um, not just the fact that they mentioned that some of, I guess, some of the NCAA people have received threats, which is so stupid. If you are sending threats, especially if it can be traced, but don't send threats, period, to anyone, not even with the NCAA, to anyone, don't do that. Don't be stupid. But anyway, not just that part of it, but the part, um, the last paragraph where he kind of pointed out that they, they, the NCAA kind of pointed out the fact that this is what the coaches asked for, including Mac Brown. And, and they're kind of right. I mean, the coaches a year ago were complaining about how it was the wild, wild west with these transfers. And, um, and then so the division one council passed this rule and it's not even for the initial count, initial uh, transfers It's for the secondary transfers, you know? Um, so they kind of did what the coaches were asking for. And now the coaches don't like it when it goes against them. Now I'm, I, I was surprised overall. I thought that, if you look at Tez's situation, particularly with the fact that he never played at, at NC Central, I thought they would make an exception. You know, so that kind of surprised me, you know. Um, but I guess your uh, specific question was about Mac and the NCAA. And, and yeah, I guess I was a little surprised just about Mac's sharpness and the NCAA barked back at Mac. And I wonder if there's any more to this. This is definitely is. becoming. You haven't a, heard, have you heard Mac today? Mac, uh, Mac talked to us today. So I saw the headline. I have not read it. Yeah, Mac said if I had it all over again, had to do it all over again, I'd do it the same way. And he did not back off of his comments at all. If folks are in the chat and did not listen to Mac's press, well, his, his yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any issue specifically with what Mac did, what Mac has done. I was just surprised because that, you know, and I only know Mac from when he's at North Carolina, a little bit from Texas. Just he is usually a little bit more nicer with how he does things. And so he's, you know, particularly when the ruling came down um, specifically, what was your take on just, just the back and forth? Well, I think we all agree that it's BS that that young man's not been allowed to play. We've, we've, we've backed that one over the horse and, and rolled over that horse several times. I mean, it's ridiculous, but my beef is, and you mentioned the traffic cop aspect of it. My beef is, you know, you let that guy go. You didn't stop him. You let this guy go. You let this guy exactly. play. You know. And that's, I think, what their mindset was. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's the issue there. Um, and, and Max said specifically today, we're not mad at the transfer rule that they implemented on January the 11th. They're mad at the, the, the refusal to grant him the waiver, given that he checked every box, he did everything they asked him to do. And then they go on about the mental health people um, analyzing Tez or whatever they said, which is complete BS. And what makes it so rich in it is that the fact of it's the Georgia president, Georgia, Georgia, granted their national champions back to back, but folks have seen the Georgia Bulldogs in headlines for things other than football lately, and they're not good. Um, so, you know, you've got a bunch of pot kettle stuff going on with the response to Mac. You also have the inability of them to make consistent decisions, which is frustrating. Um, it's like when you get pulled and everybody's speeding. Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't you stop that guy? Why yeah, you stop me. And, and so, and the bad thing is, is Walker's in the middle of it. Will he help North Carolina on the football field? Absolutely. But My- that's not really the, the the issue. Is what they're doing to this young man, not allowing him to play, and then saying, "Oh well, if you're so mentally distraught." Maybe you should get some help for that. I mean, that that right there. Is that what they said? I didn't see that part. For all intents and purposes, and if I'm misphrasing it by anybody, certainly correct me. Um, but, you know, mental aspect, you transfer his third school, maybe he doesn't need to play, or maybe these guys don't need to play and need to get their house in order. Things like that that they hinted at. They said it in the Georgia, or excuse me, the Florida State situation. But then on the other hand, they let the kid play for – Colorado, and then Dion's on his press conference the other day talking about a guy. Well, he just got here two weeks ago, so he's got to get used to playing. I mean, the guy transfers at the last minute. Just give me consistency, right? I can deal with a butthole, and I can deal with a nice person, but it is tough to deal with somebody that's one way one minute and one way the next, and that's the whole issue I have here. Um, And then you've got people left – not being able to do what they love to do and what they intend to do to help support their family and themselves forever and ever. So just, well, so I have a question for you. So, so my, and this is way before all of this, there was actually on the message board, we were talking about the, the second transfer stuff. And my position was that ultimately it would not stick because I felt like it would um, be challenged in court. And that just like the first time transfer, why they, I mean, the whole reason why they allowed the first time transfer to be, to go away basically is because they were getting killed in court every single time. Someone wanted to challenge it. They hired a lawyer and, you know, judge ruled in their, in, in the uh, player's favor. So eventually they're like, well, they, they said it was for the benefit of the player, but in reality it was, they were tired of legal fees and fighting cases. They couldn't win. I feel like, this also can't win in court, and that had Des just not Des Tez, Tez Tez just completely just said forget the NCAA as far as they rule me ineligible. Okay, cool. Let let me get my lawyer. We're gonna just fight it in court and not go through the protocols to um to whatever. So anyway, so my question for you because you have way more experience in this sort of stuff than I do or understanding is. Am I incorrect in thinking that if if Tez just hires a lawyer, sues the NCAA, if, I mean, I would imagine he would, because obviously the case would be held at, you know for a while, 
but he would probably get some sort of emergency. Um, what is it called? Um, where injunction he can play, or something? The problem, yes, where he can the, play immediately sort of thing. Well, the problem with the injunction, and Greg's explained this, and, and I'm no contract or NCAA lawyer or whatever, but he's ineligible. Mm-hmm. An injunction, he's still ineligible. He needs uh, okay. a ruling to allow him to play. The bottom line is, though, the problem with all the legal aspect of it, whether he sues or, or however it goes about, is he's still not playing, and, and that's all he wants to do. Um, could you sue the NCAA and have like a new wing of the NCAA building campus named the Tez Walker conference hall because you take them to the cleaners? Doubtful. But what good does it do for him to play football this year? And that's the goal. And as Max said, or maybe, maybe suing is not basic, whatever the, whatever the seeking relief to be able to play. Yes, yes. Whatever, whatever route, legal route that is, because what they basically did to attack the first time um, transfer rule initially. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just know that the legal process never works fast. And then meanwhile, yeah. um, Tez has you know 13 opportunities, 14 maybe, to play football this season. And the third one's going out the window in, in three days. And uh, and then somebody mentioned on the chat, you know, it affects Drake May as well. But anyway, that's another whole issue. Anyway, it's ridiculous. And and like I said, the biggest thing is to me is just be consistent. And they just haven't been. And then you've got them issuing statements. And credit Mac Brown, uh, you know, he ain't backing down. And he said, I'll never apologize for supporting one of our players. North Carolina needs more Well, Mac has nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you are – I don't know, name a random coach, you know, in the ACC. Um, I think most of them could don't have the backing or support that Mac has, you know, not only just at their particular school, but throughout the nation. And so Mac has nothing to lose with this. You know, he has a lot of respect from a lot of um, everyone, really. And yeah. um, media, other people in the coaching community. So, you know, the, I just, yeah. The NCAA, though, maybe they're irrelevant in, uh, in the next few years. And so, but one thing they're not going to do is they're not going to come off their millions and billions of dollars they make from March Madness. So, anyway, uh, folks need to check out Greg Barnes' the latest column on it and check out Mac's comments earlier today about it. Uh, I mean, it, it's still a mess. And, you know, it's one of those things that's not going to go away, nor it shouldn't. And you hope that Tez Walker, um, at some point, Tez Walker's made whole again, uh, both um, in, in every way, and especially mentally for the young man. Anyway, top five, Don. I, I don't have as many comments um, or, or choices that I thought we would have. Top five <laughs> North Carolina players this season thus far. Uh, we've got – Several, if you want to get your things in. Eric Miller says Rucker, Des Evans, Elijah Huzzy, Omarion Hampton, Diego Pounds. Good spot on Diego. I asked Drake, what's it like having his boy Diego out there? Um, Drake gave a great answer. And not only a great answer about how happy he is, how Drake is trying to pull Diego along to be that guy because he's certainly that guy physically. If he can get it together in every way, Diego's got a bright future. Sean Crawley says, Huzzy, Drake May, Hampton, Rucker, 
and going to give British Brooks some love from week one. Preston, Puzzy, Hampton, The Butcher, which is Rucker, May, and Spencer Triplett, The Deep Snapper, A. You can uh, – those guys are, are very unknown. And um, so, you know, you, you got to give props to all the special teams guys. I saw somebody mention Kieran in the chat. You cannot overstate how important special teams guys are, whether they're the actual punter, the kicker, the snapper, the guys covering kicks. Anyway, Don, who do you have? Who, who for you, who so has I, made the most? This was This was tough. I think – so I, my number one is Rucker. I feel like that was pretty easy. And then my number two is Hampton. Had a good week one and in a great week two. Went with Evans, Des Evans, for number three, mostly because of, um, you know, finally kind of showing some of the potential that, that the recruiting rankings had for him. Uh, I Bo Atkinson, really, particularly the South Carolina game, I bumped into his dad actually before the last game and uh, we were just kind of reminiscing over just, I remember when I first met Bo, just, just this tall, skinny, lanky kid. And I can remember seeing him in the one state championship game where, he, you know, he played against a you know, equally big offensive line and, and uh, the power wasn't there yet. So it's, it's great to see the power is definitely there now. He's able to play so much. He's worked so hard. I mean, that's I mean, obviously he has the size and all that sort of stuff, but the, but his work ethic is unbelievable. So it's always cool for those kids to to shine. And I went with pounds also. Another kid, a lot of lot of tools, and just kind of putting it together. And finally, so he did he start Saturday? Yeah, he played the entire yeah. game Saturday. Yeah. So let um, me jump in here. Um, I'll give my list, but. Just came across the thing and got another text from my boys. Uh, UNC's on lockdown again. Another no arm, another armed, dangerous person on or near campus. Supposedly, uh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, um, that's gotta be tough. Yep. So I'm gonna cut this one short. But evidently, somebody at the student union did something of that nature. Anyway, mine would be Marion Hampton's up there. Everybody. Um, banged on him even after the South Carolina game where he scored, uh, what, three touchdowns or, or however many touchdowns. Omarion's going to be a player. Mm -hmm. He figures it out. Uh, he is tough to tackle. There is a slow-motion replay of one of the touchdowns against App State. The dude is running over people, stepping over people before stretching the ball out. So I've got him. I've also got Drake. I think Drake's become a better quarterback than he was last year. Um, and I asked him about it. His freedom to – to check at the line, his ability to make plays on the fly is obviously a thing, but when you go to the line and then you check your team into a, a better play, that's big time, and that's certainly an NFL trait that they all watch. Dez Evans, I'll give you that one. He is uh, He's playing, and if you haven't listened to Dez's interview from yesterday, go check it out. And also, um, for me, Cayman Rucker, um, Tim Cross said that, he said he didn't want to set a bar for Cayman because he would just keep going over it and over and over it. Rucker leads the nation in pressures. How many people in North Carolina fandom thought that a North Carolina defensive lineman or, or defensive player would lead the nation in any defensive stat after last season? Rucker is that guy in pressures. 
very cool, very cool to see these guys step up and play. Um, a lot of guys, Elijah Huzzy's been ad, as advertised. Um, but it's a big game Saturday. Minnesota comes to town, 3.30 ESPN. I'm going to get out of here so I can check on the fam. Don Callahan. Yeah, good luck. Hopefully all that is is, is all right. Yeah, what? This something's wrong with this world where kids can't even go to classes at college without being uh, in fear. Yeah. But anyway. I'm going to get out here. Appreciate everybody. Shout out to the 70 plus that joined us most of the show. We'll talk soon. Don, I'll see you in two weeks and hopefully see you in the bowls a lot at some point as well. All right. Sounds good.